0: Oh my gosh, God is so good. We are in personal revival. Say that. We are in personal revival. We are. I. I. We are. We are. And I love that God equips us. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. God equips us for the time. He equips us for the times ahead. Right? We don't have to navigate on our own without a map. You know, kind of like whatever, wherever, just kind of sailing away. No, he tells us exactly what we need to do, and he's given us gifts. He's equipped us, and that's what we're going to talk about. Um, I did this several years ago, 28 years ago, 29 years ago. Um, I was leading a group of girls, youth, youth pastor as a youth pastor. And I had given them a note that they were to follow. And in the note, I've written some scriptures. So they had to go to the Bible. And then in the Bible, they got another clue. And then there was another scripture. And so it was to take them to different places. And I had placed a gift like this. Do y'all see it? It looks good, right? It's like black and white it's really pretty it's black and white and you know and it's 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 exciting you know because it's got um angelina jolie and it's got brad pitt so it's like and so um and so i place gifts around the the church and um how many of y'all know ultimately they were supposed to find this one but most of them found this one and you know it's kind of do you see do you see it yeah, it's got burn it's been burned because it's like from the pit of hell. That's why. Because it's not exactly what God wants for you, okay? So to get what God wants, there's a there's a digging. There's a um and I'm going to use this word a lot or these words. There is a yielding, there is a submitting. Um there is a uh, a a personal time with him. What I wanted them to do was kind of to, to really read the word. And, and as they read the word, they would find what they needed to get what God had given them. Right? Or what he intended. So with that in mind, we're going to move forward. Thank you, Jesus. I have so many notes. I told Justin, I said, I haven't spoken in so long. I feel like I'm going to be up here for a while. So... <laughs> Get ready. Oh God, you're so good. You're so good. Um thank you Jesus. Agree with me and pray with me that tonight through God's word we're going to be changed. Amen. That the word will be rooted in our hearts, implanted, becoming a part of who we are, like it says in James 1 that through this revelation We will grow wings, so to speak, and have courage to step out and obey. Step out and believe in the impossible to come to pass in us. You know what is impossible? A lot of people think, how can God use me? That's the impossible thing. But it can be possible through God, through whatever he has for us, through his giftings. Amen. Say, I am not a heedless listener who forgets what they hear. But I'm an active doer of the word. word. Amen. Me too. An active doer of the word. I was cleaning my office um, yesterday, or day before yesterday. And I I ran into a bunch of my notes that I'd had. And this stuck out to me. And the Lord wanted me to share this with you. It says, make adjustments in order to see fulfillment. Make adjustments in order to see fulfillment. I want you to go with me if you can to Numbers. Um Numbers 20, verse 6. Now invert in, in Numbers 20, the Israelites are grumbling and complaining. Are y'all surprised? They're grumbling and complaining. Why did you? oh my gosh, we're going to die. We're so thirsty. There's nothing to drink. There's nothing to eat. It sounds like you're at home with your kids, right? (gasps) Oh my gosh. Okay. So the Israelites are grumbling and complaining. And I love verse six. It stood out to me a long time ago. I've got, I don't know about y'all, but I like to mark my Bible and I'll write dates of when. And so apparently God talked to me about this twice in 2012 and 2013. And it says, then Moses and Aaron Went from the presence of the assembly. How many of y'all know I would have ran too? It's like, but God told them that they left the presence of the assembly to the door of the tent of meeting and fell on their faces. Then the glory of the Lord appeared to them. They fell on their faces. They went into that door of the tabernacle into his presence. Amen. How many of y'all know that's where God wants us always to go? Get away from the problem. Get away from the problem. Get away from the assembly. Get away and get in my presence so you can hear from me. Hallelujah. Um, Now I want us to go to, well, I'm in Romans 13, um, 11 through 14. I'm going to read this out of the message. Pastor's been talking about this, but I'm going to read it in the message translation. And it says, make sure that you don't get so absorbed and exhausted in taking care of all your day-to-day obligations that you lose track of the time and doze off. Oblivious to who? To God. The night is about over. Dawn is about to break. Be up and awake to what God is doing. God is putting the finishing touches on the salvation work he began when We first believed we can't afford to waste a minute. We must not squander these precious daylight hours in frivolity and indulgence in sleeping around in dissipation. That word dissipation means being wasteful, squandering for amusement, squandering your money and your energy and your resources. Wow. That's what that means in bickering and grabbing everything in sight. Get out of bed and get dressed. Don't loiter and linger waiting until the very last minute. Dress yourselves in Christ and be up and about God's business. Amen. That's a good word. That's good. God's been talking to you. God's been talking to us. How many of y'all know that if God's talking to pastor, that's because he's talking to us. And we need to... um, put our foot in the message, listening to it, listening to it, studying the word, studying the word that he's bringing from, from this pulpit, studying what Dr. Savelle is saying. Because what that means, putting our foot in the message, that means that as we obey and we become doers of whatever the message is up here, we're going to end up in our promised land. We're going to end up where God wants us. That's what that means. You're going to walk out the messages that God's bringing to this house. Amen? Um, God wants us to be partners with him. He does his work on this earth through us. Right? Through us. Point at your neighbor and say, through you. He uses you. He uses me. He uses us to do his work. So we need to be his partners, partakers, um, partakers in, in what he's doing. first uh, John one, six says we are partakers together and enjoy fellowship with him. Amen. How many of y'all want to hear from God? I want to hear from God, but you know what? More than I want to hear from God, he wants me to hear from him. <laughs> I love that. Um, Psalms 119, 130. I love, I don't want to mess it up because I love this scripture. so good. I love Psalms 119. It says, the entrance, that's a door. The entrance and unfolding of your words give light, God. Your words give light. Their unfolding gives me understanding, discernment, and comprehension to the simple. Now, we know that Moses and Aaron had to go to the door of the tabernacle to get in there on their face before God. hear what to do. You got to get away and get with him. And we know that the entrance, the unfolding of his word is going to give us direction. Amen. Is that right? Okay. Um, Psalms 119, 105. Y'all know that. It says your word is a lamp, a lamp to my feet and a light into my path. God doesn't want us to be in the dark. Are y'all getting that picture? He doesn't want us just kind of navigating These times going, I don't know what to do. I'm not sure what to do. Boy, that was a good message on Sunday, but I still don't know what to do. Man, those were good scriptures Pastor Annette, you know, shared with us. But I I just don't know what to do. I don't understand. Is that silly? That is so silly because God is saying, I'm showing you what to do. I'm giving you direction. Amen. Um, I want us to look at Psalms 32. Psalms 32. Psalms 32. Yes, 8, Psalms 32, 8. It says, I, the Lord, will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. Isn't that funny? Whenever you say, I don't know which way to go, okay? (laughs) He says, I'm going to teach you which way to go. Look at verse 9. He says, be not like the horse or the mule, which lack understanding, which must have their mouths held firm with a bit and bridle, or else they will not come with you. So he's saying, I'm gonna show you which way to go. Don't be stubborn. Got it? Okay. Psalms 37, 23. Lot of scripture. I'm gonna to get to, I'm gonna to get to something really good here. Bear with me. Psalms 37, um, twenty-three. It says, the steps of a good man, and we know when it says man, it means humans. <laughs> the steps of a good human. What is good? What would you think God would be considered good? Somebody that's obedient, yielded, submitted. It says the steps of a good man are directed and established by the Lord. When he delights in his way, what's his way? This is his way going into the door of the tabernacle. That's his way. Getting away from all the stuff, the problems, the situation, like he told Moses and Aaron, leave the grumbling behind and go be with me. And I'm going to show you what to do. So if you delight in his way, it says that he busies himself with your every step. Amen. He's going to show you what to do. But we've got to be willing to move in the direction that he tells us to move. I am declaring that in this day and hour or time that we are God's people. We are his bondservants. We are taking our rightful position in him. Amen. Amen. We are dedicating ourselves. We're renewing our minds. We are in personal revival. Yes. We are committing our ways to him. Amen. God wants to be evident in this church. So therefore he wants to be evident in In me and in you. Amen? To be seen, clearly, visible, where miracles are taking place. Not just in here, but miracles are taking place everywhere we go. Because he resides on the inside of us. His power and his ability is on the inside of us. Hallelujah. I want you to go to Luke 19.13. God gave me this word. Um. I don't know, a couple of months ago. And I wrote it down. And I wrote it down on on an advertisement. Okay, I'm going to hold it up like that so you don't see what that was. But I wrote it down really quick. And I, I just was like, okay, Lord, this is for me. I'm just studying it. I'm looking at it. Luke 19, 13. I'm going to just explain it to you. And, and um, I'm praying that I have time at the very end because I'm going to read some parts to you at the end. This is explaining... Um, Jesus is talking about himself, and he says, but he's talking about this man. He says he's going away, and while he's gone, he's giving gifts and an order to his servants. Or his bondservants is what it said. A, do you all know what a bondservant is? Have you ever looked up that word bondservant? It, it, what did you say? It's a, servant by choice. it's a servant by choice. That's right. They're like following you. What do you need? What do you mean? What can I do? What can I do? I mean, like a bond. They're like sticky, like right there to you. And um, so he's given. these are I'm, what I'm trying to say is these are people he knows that love him, that are with him all the time. So he's given gifts and, a, and an order. This is the purpose of his church, God's church in his body. Listen, he says to occupy. And that's, that's in the uh, King James translation. It says to occupy. So I prayed and I, I was just asking the Lord and I thought, what does that word mean, occupy? Well, in the military sense, it means to take over, invade, engage, right? Um, to take control, possession. It means to establish government against an enemy, establish authority or rule. He's calling us to occupy. Say Ocupy. occupy. We're not done with that word yet. Okay. So he says, occupy. Take care of the business of his which remains on earth. Because in Luke 19, 13, it said that he went where are you, nineteen thirteen? Here it goes. It says, listen to Jesus what was happening in chapter 19. I want you to listen to this. Jesus had entered Jericho. This is when Zacchaeus is following after him. I think pastor talked about this on Sunday and look down to verse 10. So he's telling Zacchaeus today or verse nine, salvation has come to your household. So what does Jesus have in his mind? Salvation, right? He wants to, he wants, he says, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house. And look at verse 10, it says, for the son of man came to seek and save that which is lost, right? Now, it says, as they were listening to these things, he proceeded to tell them this parable. And he says, there was a certain nobleman. So he's talking about himself who went into a distant country to obtain for himself a kingdom and then to return. So he's talking about going to heaven and then coming back, right? So... He's got salvation. He's got occupy. Occupy means to have, ladies, when y'all go to the bathroom and you, have you ever seen that little thing? It'll say occupy or what does it say? Vacant. Occupy means what? Someone's in there, right? And I, if I, if I look under or look over the wall, how many, how many of y'all know I'm going to see someone in there. Occupy. It means you will be seen. You will multiply. You will take over. That person has taken over that little space. I can't very well go, oh, I want to come in and go to the bathroom with you. No, because they have occupied that space. That's what we're to do in these times. We're to occupy. We're not to be scared staying home under our blankets we're to occupy until he comes that means we've got something to do we're establishing his government and we've been given a gift it said he gave them something he said occupy with what I've given you do something with this um advance is another word what does advance mean go forward go forward advance um take control take possession occupy must, we can't be slothful. It doesn't mean to be slothful. It means to be laborious or laborious and diligent. Um, that word laborious means requiring much work and attention to detail. Okay. When you say occupy, it doesn't just mean, I'm just going to just lay around here and, you know, take up space. No. Um, it means to be diligent to respect and honor the gift and the call. Respect and honor the gift and the call. He gave them a gift. And he said, occupy with what I have given you. And there's so many commentaries on this. The gift I really truly believe that he gave was the gift of grace. His power. Him. Him the gift of grace him i want you to look at first peter 4:10 um but before you go there i was praying all day today and i just uh, I kept hearing the Lord just say, there must be submitting and yielding. There must be, must be submitting and yielding. A turning away and entering into the door of my tabernacle. There must be. He was saying to hear from me, you're going to need to, especially in these days and times that we're living in, you're going to need to get away with me. And, I was walking around my house and um, just praying, and the Lord gave me um, just a sweet, I was telling Jenny, I said, I can't remember the song, but he gave me a sweet song, and so I was walking back and forth, back and forth, just praising him and just um, worshiping him, and how many of y'all know if you're praying and worshiping, if you're a mom and if you're at home and you see something, you're like, oh, I need to get that. Okay, so I did that. So I looked up in the corner, and there was like this cobweb. So I thought, "Oh, I'm going to go get my broom." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, But I See, I went and got the broom, in and I and I got it, and then I just kept walking with my broom, and I'm like, oh, just singing, just worshiping, just worshiping Him. And He said, "Look at your hand," <laughs> and I had a broom in my hand, and you know when we think of gifts of grace, we think of prophecy, you know, (laughs) I think of teaching and preaching, encouragement, you know, all those gifts in first Corinthians 12 and they're in Ephesians and there's so many of them. And, you know, sometimes we think the gift, since it's so beautiful that it's going to be glamorous, you know, but it's not, it's, laborious. (laughs) It's a lot of work. Sometimes it's a broom. Sometimes it's a broom. It's having his heart and being aware of people and going, oh, let me just, is there something I can do for you? Or hearing of somebody that something happened and going, can I make you a meal? Is there something I can do for you? This means work. <laughs> it means getting out of yourself and doing something. It means noticing. And that's what the gift of God is. His grace, his ability in us. is for him to be able to kind of just go, oh, you need to go talk to that person. Text that person. Send them a card. Call them. Pray for them. We're living in those times. You know, I was, I was um, walking and praying the other day And um, I was telling the person that I was on the phone with, I said, "Um, it's almost final call. And I don't, I've never, those words have never come out of my mouth. I've never said it's almost final call. I didn't even know what that meant, but they knew what it meant. And um, we went to the convention last week and um, Justin Duplantis said it's, what did he use? What's the word he used? He said it was the fourth fourth watch. That's right. He said it was the fourth watch. And that's what it means. It's, it's, we, we got to get busy. And Jesus had his heart on salvation. He had his heart on people. He was thinking about establishing the kingdom because he was going through Jericho. So he was thinking of his people. He was thinking of the, 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 His people, the Jewish people, because I want to show you what, what he does and what happens, what he says. You know, he gets, he, he tells the parable and he tells them, you know, there was one, you know, that, that after received, he went and he, he called it a mina has, has taken, they took 10 minas and, and he, um, he multiplied it. In verse 17, he says, well done, you excellent bond servant, because you've been faithful and trustworthy with very little. You should have the authority over 10 cities. And then so the second one came and, and he had, had, had made, out of one, he made five. And so he also said to him, you will have charge over five cities. And then there was that one who said, I was afraid of you. I was afraid of you because you're so stern and you're so severe and you pick up what you don't even lay down and you reap what you don't even sow. And I was just afraid of you. And, and, and Jesus, um, pretty much rebukes him. And he says, um, that what he has will be taken away. Okay. Um, and look at verse 27, because see, they were wanting the the disciples. And I know y'all have heard this before, but they were wanting to establish a kingdom where they would you know, get to rule over everybody. And God, and Jesus said, nope, we're establishing a kingdom, and here you go, get to work. He's talking about salvation. He's talking about bringing his people in. Verse 27, this is how I know, this is what he says. Um, the indigent, the in, indignant king ended by saying, but as for these enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them, Bring them here, it says, and slaughter them in my presence. And then it says, after he said these things, he just started walking off, <laughs> going up to Jerusalem. I love it. Um, let's skip over to verse
1: 41.
0: Because they're getting mad, the Pharisees are getting mad, verse 40. And they're saying, you know, tell them to get after your disciples, tell them to be quiet, take care of all these things. Because this is that's where Jesus is going through the town. It's it's the um, where he tells them to go get a, a, a colt and loose it and bring it here. And if somebody asks you, tell them it's because the Lord has need of it. So he's riding into in to the city and He he replies to the Pharisees and he says to them, I tell you that if these keep silent, the very stones will cry out. Look at verse 41. And as he approached, he saw the city and it said he wept audibly over it. He's crying over it, exclaiming, would that you had known personally. Would that you had recognized and welcomed God's presence. Where is God's presence today? It doesn't dwell in a building. It dwells in us. Even at least in this your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they're hidden from your eyes. Look at verse 44. Just a little ways down. It says, because you did not come progressively to recognize and know. He said, You miss the time of your visitation when God was visiting you, the time in which God showed Himself gracious, gracious towards you and offered you salvation through Christ. That's he's talking about, he doesn't want anyone to miss it. We know there's a scripture that says his his desire is for no one to perish. No one. And I know. I know what it's like to be ministering to people when they don't want to hear it. I mean, you get tired. You're like, just give me that gift. Just give me that gift. And this, is, this gift also means operating in the flesh, okay? Just give me that gift because hell is where they're going. So let me just. <laughs> and we, we, we tend to operate in this gift because to operate in that one takes a little bit more patience. How about a lot more patience? But God's grace is available to us. It's a gift. It is a gift to us through all these giftings, through encouragement, through prayer, through faith, through. But it takes a little bit more work to operate in grace, to operate in his mercy, to offer forgiveness, to offer forgiveness again, and then to offer forgiveness again. It's so much easier to operate in this one and hit him over the head with it. (laughs) You know, time is almost up. Let's go back to Romans and look at fourteen, verse one. In the Message translation, it says, "cultivating good relationships." it says welcome with open arms fellow believers who don't see things the way you do and don't jump all over them every time they do or say something you don't agree with even when it seems that they're strong on opinions but weak in their faith department remember that they have their own history to deal with treat them gently that's grace isn't that grace Yeah, we're supposed to be imitators of of God. When I think of grace, I think of pleasure, beauty, gracefulness, ease, kindly, um, acting, loving kindness, divine favor, no stress. Isn't that what you think of when you think of grace? Yeah, me too. Um, Let's look at verse 15 or chapter 15 verse 1 in the message those of us who are strong and able why are we strong and able because of grace we're strong and able in the faith need to step in and lend a hand to those who falter and not just to do what is most convenient for us strength is for service not status. It's like, whoa. Each one of us needs to look after the good of the people around us, asking ourselves, how can I help? How can I help? To edify or to build up is what one of the other translations say, to edify or to build up. These gifts that we have been given are for fruitfulness, for advancing God's kingdom, for occupying. This is not the time to back down or to back off by being overwhelmed or being indifferent. You know, kind of, meh, somebody else will get to them. God, tell somebody else. I've been there. We've all been there. This message is for me. God's been telling me this for a long time. He says, this isn't the time to back off or back down. You, you need to still be assembling together. It's time to stir, your, stir each other up, um, sharpen one another. We're responsible for this gospel and this time. We're responsible. We're to buy up the time. It's almost the final call. You see, to divide and conquer is the tactic of the enemy, any way he can, yeah. and he's so deceiving by fear and keeping you away. God has put a gift in us, and it says the work of the Spirit, which is grace, will be seen. John one fifty one. It will be seen. This government, God's government is a government of peace and order. Amen? It's a, it's a government of peace and order. You know, um, oh, where did I write it? Somebody shared with me, um, I think it was last week, and it was so good because she, she texted me. She te- texted me a prayer that she was praying for me, and then... She texts me what she was hearing God say. And it was exactly what I was studying. And it said, alignment leads to your assignment. Alignment will lead to your assignment. Alignment. Getting in line with what God is telling us. Getting in line with what he's he's telling us he's already given us. Amen? Amen. Um, There's so much to this gift. I'm going to go ahead and open it. I'm going to spend time with the Lord. I am going to unwrap his gift. His gift of grace. Um, It's his wisdom. And you know what? Inside that gift, (laughs) there's another gift. It's never ending, you guys never ending. When you spend time with him, it says, you know, it says when it it lists all the gifts, it says to cultivate and desire the most, what does it say? The best gift, right? It says cultivate and, and desire the best gift. Well, what is that gift? Well, guess who knows? He does. He knows what gift you're going to need. A lot of times we've already we we know we're already going to meet with somebody or or pray for something or deal with something. And we're thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm going to have to just um, do this. And then I'm going to have to do that. And it's like, oh, oh, oh. me, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to. Me, I've got to figure this out. Oh, my goodness, I've got to figure this out. And you know what? When you open this, there's nothing in it. It's empty. But when you get with God and you're like, okay, God, I, I have no idea what I'm walking into, but you do. And you start unwrapping that gift, that time with him, that grace. And it's always there. Always there. What you're going to have need of. And you know what? Jesus, the anointed, Jesus Christ, the anointed one. Jesus Christ, the smeared <laughs> with oil one. Um, there's another word there. What was that? Caris. Pre-o-maya. That's it. Started with a C. Um, it says that that he is what is needed. Furnishes, Furnishes what is needed. Isn't that cool? Amen. He will always furnish what is needed. <laughs> Amen. Oh, stand with me, please. Oh, Father. Forgive us where we've done things in our own. Where we've looked to the world for answers. Where we've looked to ourselves for answers. Because it was easier and faster. Rather than entering into your door of your tabernacle and getting on our face and seeking you. Forgive us. Lord, Lord, we we realize the the time that we've wasted and the severity of the time that we are in now. And we can't navigate these times on our own, Lord. We can't. We admit it. We can't. So, Lord, I pray that, Father, as we occupy as we determine to occupy, to establish your kingdom, that we will take what you've given us and we will multiply it. We will multiply the grace. We will multiply the gifts, the gift of faith. We will multiply. We will go about and do your business. We will pray and spend time in prayer, praying for the things you tell us to do and pray for. We won't take a step without you. Father, I thank you. I thank you for your gift of grace. I thank you for your gift of the Holy Spirit. That is such a gentleman. That requires that we acknowledge him. (laughs) Constantly acknowledge him. Where do I go? Who do I talk to today? God, I'm yours. I'm yours. I'm yours to command. (laughs) Like Brother Kenneth Copeland says, I'm yours to command this day, Father. I don't want to be frivolous in just taking care of my business and getting tired and going to sleep, taking care of my stuff. Oh, Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your word tonight. Thank you. You don't leave us the same. Oh, I thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I
1: made a mess. I feel sorry. <laughs> Amen. So, so we're called to occupy. And uh, that's like Annette said, it's not just to take up space, but it's, it's to take our position in him and realizing that it's not about you occupying and doing things in your own strength or your own ability. But it's tapping into that gr- that grace, you know, and, and that grace. D- don't just look at it a, a grace to do a spiritual thing. You know, Lynn, you have a you're called to occupy and and that's, you're called to be a a voice to be a, an image and uh, of the heavenly Father to Brody. Right. Amen. And so, so there's a grace for that. Amen. You know, we all have di- maybe work in different environments and. And, and, and around different people and encounter different things, maybe teachers, nurses, whatever you you are you are called to occupy in those places. But but realize that there's a grace for you in that place. Keith Moore has an amazing series called Graces in Places, and it's just it's an amazing thing because you have to tap into his ability to do what you can't do in your own strength or your own ability. And the, the, like and this, this, this is a final call. So, so it's not time to back up. It's not time to be fearful or just wondering why. Well, well, this world's going to hell in a handbasket. No, no. Occupy with your broom. <laughs> yes. Occupy with what God's placed in your hand. Yes. But realize it's it's, it's His grace, yes. His grace, and you have to yield to it. You know, when they were talking about the the very beginning. It said that they had to go from the assembly of the people. So you can't hear from God if if all you're doing is 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 hearing the outside voices. But they had to get away from that. The whole purpose of that scripture is they had to get away to be able to hear from God. And that and that's and that's that's where that's where it begins. And from there on it's just relying on grace every day, every step of the way. Amen. Do you receive this word tonight? Amen. Thank you, Pastor Annette. Well, we're going to go ahead and you can stay, you can remain standing, you can just remain standing. You know, uh, you know the different ways to give, um, you know, whether, whether it's an envelope in the seat back in front of you, whatever you'll know, you'll place your offering on when you, on your way out. Um, and uh, thank you, Father. Is there anything else you want to do, Father? Yeah.
0: Am I on? Yeah. Yeah. Um, back in January... Um, I was listening to Rick Renner, and he was talking about that word grace, and it reminded me because on Sunday I think you mentioned Samuel that it said when the power fell on him or the um, the anointing the anointing came upon him. It was as if he was turned into another man. Turned into another man. I have those scriptures somewhere in there, but um, Rick Renner said Paul. When he was talking to the Corinthians, they understood because they worshipped so many gods. I mean, they many idols and worshipped many gods. They knew this word um, that was grace because they would believe that those gods or those idols would embody them. And they would have the powers of those gods. And it was as if they became something else. Mm-hmm. So, he was trying to explain to them that that's what grace is. It is God's God's power. It is Him on the inside of us that helps us to do what we never thought we could do. So mm-hmm. we do turn into a different person. It's yeah. like it's it's Him. It's Him working through you. But he he used that word so that they would understand that. Yeah, it's less of me and more of him. There has to be a submission. There has to be a yielding in order for God's power to be at work.
1: Amen. Amen. Amen.